Hi, Shalene. My name is Aurora. I am talking to you from Houston, Texas. I am definitely one of your biggest lifers. And of course, I am one of your MIA alumni. I am recording this for you is because I've been a journalist all my life. And it was only recently that I jumped to what we call the dark side, which is corporate communications. I am currently the social media director for a very well-established PR and communication agency in Houston. And this is what I want you to know. 90%, at least 90% of what I know about social media and digital marketing in general is because of you and it is because of Marketing Impact Academy. And the reason why I feel confident in this job and I'm thriving and I'm killing it is because I have learned so much with you throughout the years and particularly with MIA, but also just by following you regularly on social and learning every single week with you on Build Your Tribe, which I love. And thank you very much, Shalene, for everything. Bye-bye from Texas. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. We haven't done this type of episode before. This is an actual coaching call with someone who's a friend and also a Marketing Impact Academy student. Today, what we'll be doing is talking about the strategy behind launching a book. But for that matter, you can apply everything we discuss in this call to the launch of whatever it is you're creating, whether that's a product, a service, a book, or an academy. Friends, being an entrepreneur is far more involved than just coming up with a great idea or creating something. It's all about the strategy. All right, so you're about to hear from Jen Delvote, and I'm gonna be asking her a series of questions, kind of walking her through the same kind of process that I would ask myself and that I ask our team that we grapple, 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 <laughs> grapple with before we launch anything. Now, Jen, just so you have a little bit of backstory, Jen and her husband have a podcast. I'm gonna to link to it in the show notes below. I think it's called Mr. Worldwide and His Bride. What they talk about is dealing with a heavy blow, like a life-changing, life-altering event. Theirs happens to have been brain cancer. Darren was diagnosed with brain cancer, that's her husband, eight years ago and told he had 18 months to live. He has obviously beat those odds with a lot of prayer. That's my opinion. They found out that the diagnosis was wrong. Recently, however, the cancer has come back, and it's just really been a battle. I'm not going to tell you that there's a great prognosis, but there's a phenomenal prognosis when you factor in both Jen and her husband Darren's attitude and their faith and how they're giving back to their community. So, well, they have this idea to write an ebook, and we'll just see how this coaching session turns out. Sit back and enjoy, and please don't forget to support these two. You know why? Because a lot of people are dealing with cancer. And if we can help a few people in the process by sharing their book or their podcast, I think we've done a good thing. All right, here we go. 
So the first question I have is, what is the goal you have in mind, you and Darren, for the book? Here's some choices. Is it to establish credibility, expertise, or status? Is it a financial goal? Is it getting the message out? Or is it something more personal? It's actually all of them. I would say number one would be to get the message out. So that would be number one. And then number two would be, again, and those were status and expertise, a financial incentive, or personal reasons. I would say financial. Okay. I would say specialty and expertise, and then personal. I mean, we share our personal stories so often that I would say that that would be last. But I, actually, that might be number one for Darren. So that's interesting too, because it's a project yeah. that two of you are doing together and you might have different reasons for it. And when I right. say personal, that can be range from, like for example, if someone wants to bring a business back to life and it's a business that their father started. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like for personal reasons, they want to get it off the ground. Or maybe it's a book that for personal reasons, they just have always all their lives wanted to write a book. And like that's yeah. when my personal or for personal reasons, I need to prove to myself that I can finish something, you know, so there can be lots of different personal reasons. Financial means that, you know, I need this to make some money. I want to fall back on this. I would love for this to be something huge. Obviously, I don't think that there's anyone who's, oh, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes you launch a business or a product. The message isn't that important. For a project like this, especially when someone's writing a book, message is usually a pretty big deal. And then status and expertise, that's huge. Like for me, that was my number one incentive for writing my first book. Mm -hmm. And with my second book, it was a financial reason, but a back-end financial. So it wasn't that I wanted to make money off of the 131 book. It was I wanted to use that as a lead magnet to help the 131 program. Now, of course, it's about message. And of course, it's for personal reasons. And of course, it improves status and expertise. So these are all the things that I want people to think about. That You have these four areas, right, that are probably motivating you to take on this project, this service, this book, whatever it is you're right. launching. But you want to start with, okay, which of these is the biggest and most important incentive for me? And for you, you said it's really about the message. And then second, it's financial. I think those are definitely the top two to dare into because okay. again, he wants to get his message out there to help as many mm-hmm. as people as he can. And financially, you know, he worries with the situation that he's in not being around to support us. And he worries about us, like leaving mm-hmm. us in the situation. Yeah. So I think it's like kind of a legacy that he can leave yeah. that he hopes can carry on. Well, that's really good because those two actually overlap a lot because mm-hmm. when it comes to message and when it comes to financial, the steps you have to take to accomplish those things are very similar. It means you've mm-hmm. got to have more people behind it, more people who know about it. There are some minor discrepancies, and we'll talk about those, where you know the things that you need to do may differ. But in general, let's start with some basics. You have decided to write an ebook, write a digital version first? Correct. Okay. Any plans to do a hard copy of this? Would love to one day, but I I feel like it has to be so much bigger. We're working on this and and we're like, okay, let's go through it. And then I'm like, let's expand here. And then we'll do an episode. And I'm like, wait, I feel like this has to go in here. Mm. And it's this ebook now, but in my head, I'm wanting it to one day be a book, hardcover book. How many words is it currently? 
it's about 25, 30 pages. Okay. Can you copy, hit select all, and then paste it into a Google Doc? Yeah. All right. So when you look at your word count, how many words is the book currently? 8,614. All right. So for an ebook, that's an appropriate length. If you right. want to write a, a more profound book, you're talking anywhere from probably 50 to 100,000 words, depending on what your topic is. And I don't think you ever want to write a book and make it longer for the sake of making it longer. But considering what it is your mission is with this book, I think it could definitely be longer. Like, you know, 8,000 words, that's hard for me to write a book under 8,000 words. To give you some perspective, that's about a 40-minute conversation. If you mm -hmm. were reading it in an audible, that'd be 40 minutes. And I, I can't imagine you telling the story of Darren's cancer and how you've overcome and how you've used it and all of the tools, communication, talking to your kids, like all the things you guys have talked about. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking about episodes now on your podcast. I can't imagine that 40 minutes even begins to scrape the surface. All right. So yeah. The first thing is I would want to say is like for a lot of people, an ebook is an ideal choice because they're writing something that's like, okay, this is something I want people to be able to consume in a weekend. I'm going to write many ebooks. This is a passion project. And I would think for your situation, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, this is important for Darren to leave his legacy and for you to leave your legacy. You know, we're all going to at some point not be here. Right. And this is such an important, powerful message that I wouldn't hold back. I would consider lengthening it. Yeah. And the way I would suggest doing that is by talking to someone who's in the beginning stages, that you don't know what you once didn't know. You can't even remember like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that originally we had to deal with the inappropriate questions and the advice from everybody. And oh yeah, that's right. We did really struggle with how to tell the kids. And oh yeah, that's right. We, you know, we forgot that we actually had to have a conversation with their classmates and our kids, friends, parents, and oh yeah, that's right. We did struggle with, you know, like all the things. I think it starts by maybe going back to a brainstorming session, mm -hmm. right? The two of you. And, and again, I think it really helps to talk to someone who's like in these beginning stages because they're going to bring up things you're like, holy cow, I forgot, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, what we were trying to do is I feel like we shared a little bit of our personal story, but we just, we were so brief and we didn't really get into like all the things that happened. I was more mm. thinking like, how is this going to help someone else? I was trying to make it less personal. And I guess like mm. for an ebook, it would go that route. But if we're thinking long-term book, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there'd be more, way more depth and more about our personal story. My original thought was this ebook could potentially open doors to other possibilities. We were going to see where this took us. Sure. You know, and that's still a possibility. We can definitely take that route. So let's just, for the sake of yeah. what it would look like in the future, let's imagine that both of these are possibilities. And I want to walk you through like next steps should you turn this into a book book or even a longer ebook. So yes. the first thing I want to mention is that you want to look at the length and what needs to be covered. Whenever someone asks me like, oh, how long should my blog be? How long should my sales video be? How long should my podcast be? As long as it needs to be without being needlessly longer than it needs to be. So I think that there needs 
you know, when we're talking about a legacy and all the things that you need to help people with, that it needs to be longer than 8,000 words. That's number one. Number two, if you are looking at this from a financial standpoint, the fact that the two of you have a podcast and the fact that this is about legacy for the two of you, you want your voices recorded. This needs to be an Mm -hmm. audible book, right? And the nice thing about creating an audible book is that plays into your secondary tier, which is financial. For Mm -hmm. most people, you're going to make a lot more money selling an audible book than you are an ebook or a, a hard copy book. At the moment, the time that I'm recording this, most authors can get about a 40%, like a 40-60, meaning Audible takes 60% and you take 40%. And you might think to yourself, well, geez, why do they get 60%? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty good little markup considering how much smaller margins are when you're talking about selling anything else on Amazon for that matter. And once you've recorded it, you're done. Like there's no cost. There's no shipping. There's no returns. There's no nothing. So it's Mm -hmm. a really nice way to make additional income and make a lot more income with an Audible book. Now, with an Audible book, the sweet spot is around 30,000 words, which is roughly three hours, right? So roughly speaking, it takes about 10,000 words, fills up about an hour. And that might sound like a lot, but if you think about the fact that you are doing hour-long podcasts on the regular, like we're about to hit mm-hmm. our number 500 episodes of The Shalene Show. That's crazy to me to think about wow. how many thousands and thousands of pages of content are there. So it makes sense also because your fan base wants to hear your voices, right? And it's something you're doing together. It's difficult to co-author a book, husband and wife, because there's two different voices. But when you're doing an audible, we know when it's Jen's voice and we know when it's Darren's voice. I also like the strategy of releasing an audio book first. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that that was even possible. Yep. And it's pretty simple. If you are, I mean, like, because this isn't something that has to be done by December, I just think it's the right time to do a little bit more strategy. And I think I would lead with releasing an audio book first and you can later release a digital version, an ebook, if you will, mm-hmm. or Kindle version. I love this. I love this. So here is, let me just share with you one of my concerns in that timing does play a little bit of a role because mm-hmm. I am noticing Darren's words, having a much harder time getting words out. Mm-hmm. You can hear that in more recent episodes. episodes. Yeah, I could hear that. So mm-hmm. I do feel like, you know, Okay. So when you say, let's hold on to that for a second. Let's hold on. Because when I listen to the podcast with the two of you, and by the way, I'll put links to your podcast in our show notes. I really want you to say that in your intro Mm -hmm. because you have to remember there's people who are stumbling upon your podcast for the very first time. And their very first episode is the very first time they're listening to two of you and they need context. And I think it's important for you to, like, even if it's just recording and to explain to people that how it affects his brain, his ability to connect language and to find the right word, his ability to stay in a, like, sometimes he's searching for a word and then you can hear that while he's searching for the word, he's forgotten what you were talking about. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of important for people to hear because it's part of the understanding. And what's so beautiful is how you're so loving 
about it and cautious and caring. Like I really hear that in your episodes. Mm-hmm. And he has such a good time like making fun of himself. Like that's such an important right. piece. Like, you know, it's okay. Like if you don't have humor in this, it's nothing but sadness. And that's part of right. our secret sauce is keeping a sense of humor throughout this. So having said that, I think it is really important that you can start recording and you can actually turn recordings where he doesn't necessarily have to read from a script, but you can then take his recordings and turn that into script, if you will, and have the time to edit it. I think it's important to start with an outline, right? Like so that you have some structure to what it is you're recording. But I don't know how well or what, based on the stage that he's in right now, how easy is it for him to read a script? Really hard. Okay. So this is why this ebook, he is very involved in this book. Like we brainstormed together. We came out with the outline. He's very hands-on, but he can only voice text it in. This is why we've been having Beautiful. kind of a, like, I wish in the beginning we would have purchased some sort of, and I know you've talked about it in your previous episodes on podcasts and build your tribe show about using an actual like ebook format because we're having such a difficult time. Like, you know, I'll do something and he does something and then we're trying to bring it together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time doing that, but yeah, he needs to voice everything. He can't write anything. All right. This would be my recommendation is to spend some money on this, Jen, and Mm -hmm. to work with a ghostwriter. I would, yes. I would sit with a ghostwriter. You know, I would find someone on Upwork. There's lots of consulting firms. Be very careful of the ghostwriting agencies online. Every single week, I hear from someone who is excited that I am ghostwriting their book. And I'm not. What? Yes. Every single week, I hear from someone who's like, I can't believe you're writing my book. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're kidding me. No. There's lots of bogus ghostwriting agencies online that are now pretending that well-known authors are working as wow. ghostwriters for these agencies. So like, you know, I had a lady reach out to me recently who was like, you know, it's so great that because my book is about science and nutrition that you are helping me ghostwrite this. I'm like, it's not me. So be careful there. That's why we recommend working with an individual over an agency. That's my personal Okay. Preference. And you can find them on Upwork. You can find them on, there's so many other great resources where you can specifically find writers. And I will link to some of those in the show notes. How much do you spend on a ghostwriter? Yes. That's your next question. Yeah. Yes. It depends. Like, so it's not uncommon for a top, you know, New York Times bestselling author to work with a ghostwriter in the thirty to fifty thousand dollar range. But you can also find people who are exceptional. Maybe they haven't written five bestsellers, but they're great writers and they know how to help you organize your thoughts in a way that help the reader grasp the message. So you could expect, I'm trying to think of some more realistic expectations might be anywhere from, you know, for a book that's 30,000 words, anywhere from, you could probably even find someone for 500, from 500 all the way up to 50,000. So you kind of get what you pay for, but there's so many people out there right now doing this. So many writers doing this for additional income that I think you won't have a hard time finding someone. And it's all about the connection. Making mm-hmm. sure that they understand the two of you, they understand your voice, they understand the challenges. And I would first begin by creating, I would look at what someone else has written. You know, why okay. reinvent the wheel? 
order every single book that's been written on the subject or similar subject? And how is it outlined? What is their table of contents? How much do they cover? All of those things. How do they write it? So no matter what it is you're doing, someone else has already done it, whether it's creating an ebook or a journal or a product. Someone else has done it. So spend the money to, instead of you know inventing the wheel or even reinventing the wheel, order everybody else's wheel to see what they've done and how you can improve it. That's like the best place to start. Mm-hmm. Once you have that, then you've got a nice guideline to create your own outline for your book. Once you have your outline, then you are subdividing into like, okay, what pieces are Darren's? And let's just go through these in this order with me sitting next to him and just let him record what he would write and make it easy for your editor, your audio editor to edit it. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're sitting next to him to help keep him on track or to remind him of the next point, et cetera, or to say, oh, I think you might want to redo that. Just make sure that there's enough of a pause so that an editor can take you out and take his restart and have a clean restart. Now, Ideally, you should do this in a studio with a sound engineer. I mean, I record podcasts every single day, but when I recorded my audiobook for the 131 method, I did it in a studio with a professional audio engineer because when you are at the stage where you're ready to submit your audio recordings to Audible, you'll do mm-hmm. so through an organization called ACX, and they will take up to about three to four weeks, sometimes sooner to review every single minute of your audio recording before it can be accepted. And it has to meet certain standards, and and it's all pretty simple, but it's just a lot easier if you have a sound engineer for the average person. Yeah, no, I think we would for sure. Yeah. However, the average person shouldn't be reading their own Audible book. I'm saying that to my listeners, but Jen, for you and Darren, it's a must. You know, if if someone has a podcast, you should probably, you need to do your own audio book. I mean, I've bought, in fact, my book Push is not narrated by me. Really? And gets, no, and it gets horrible reviews because you're used to hearing my voice on podcasts and people are really disappointed when they buy Push and it's not my audio. So you might ask, well, why haven't you redone that? It's just not a priority. So much of the messaging in that book is outdated for me that I would have to renegotiate with the publisher to rewrite it, to update the content, and then record the audio. And, and then if I'm updating all the content with how I feel about nutrition and exercise, et cetera, well, that, then that's kind of like the one through one method. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things. Just information. I just want you to take all this information. And Jen, I really do think you and Darren could do this yourself. And, and I encourage you to like at least start that way. But I would work with if you're going to invest your money, I would invest your money with a ghostwriter. Yeah, I've always thought about that. That's always been in the back of my mind. People assume that a ghostwriter is actually writing the content, and some do, but most don't. I've worked with ghostwriters in the past. I definitely did on Push, and I have to say that on Push, it was incredibly valuable. There were just places where she would read through what I wrote and say, you know, I really think it makes so much more sense if you go into this and Shalene, I just read this section. And what do you think about expanding this and shortening that? And it was all like, really, I'm not a writer, like by profession. Right. And so it was super helpful. And I think the book came out far more organized because of that. I think that's absolutely what we need. All right. So our step would be, I would look into a ghostwriter right now, kind of share what we have already and show them the areas we want to expand on. And then when the ghostwriter... Well, I would say step one would be to order 
a bunch of books from Amazon so right. that you have okay. a, a skeleton. So you have an idea of what your outline should look like. Okay. Then I would outline your chapters and then I would, you know, really outline them like a detailed outline. Like, okay, in this chapter, we're going to discuss this, 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 and this, this story, that story, takeaways, etc. And then I would search for a ghostwriter to review those things with. And then you setting up the audible with the studio. Yeah, that's right. Well, yes. So now the audible, I do think you guys could do that yourself. I think that makes a lot more sense, especially considering your special circumstances where okay. it's going to take longer than the average person. Studio time can cost anywhere from, depending on where you live, $50 per hour, all the way up to $300 per hour. Mm-hmm. And for a one hour audio recording, you can expect to spend about three to four hours in a studio Okay. on average. Like some people right. can bust it out in two hours, right? Can bust out a one hour recording in two hours. But considering your circumstances, I think you'd have to spend a lot more time. So I, yeah. think, I think you could do it yourself and then send it in post to an audio editor. Okay. So that he can make sure it meets all of the ACX criteria so that it's accepted by Audible. You'll find incredible editors on, first of all, ACX, as well as Upwork. Okay. All right. And that's ACX. And again, I'll put show links below. But ACX is kind of a cool site. You can actually find for those people who are listening and think, well, I definitely want to use a narrator to narrate my book. Most people should. Unless you're a voice talent or you're a podcaster, you should hire someone else to read your book. And you can find those people. You can audition them. You can see what they charge. You can hear samples, everything on ACX. It allows you to sell your audiobook through Audible, which is an Amazon company, right? Uh Now, in order to get the highest earning percentage on Audible, they ask you to be exclusive, meaning that's the only place that you sell. And what I I do want to say is in this moment, at the moment that we're recording this, I don't know if that's a great idea. I think Audible books are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's going to be a whole lot more competition out there. So do you need to think like long-term, like, huh, should I expect that five years from now there's going to be a bigger player than Amazon and Audible? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just something to consider. It's just something to consider, right? And who's to say, though, like, for example, with me, I kind of feel like once you've recorded an audio book, you've moved on and your thinking evolves. And if there's another company, you'll cross that bridge when you find it. But with ACX, what you'll do is you'll need your tax ID. Mm -hmm. You'll need your bank account and all that other information. And again, for the average person, I would suggest that they hire a narrator. But for the two of you, I think you should do it yourself. Yeah. So how long do you think this typically takes? Okay, great question. All right. So first, there's the writing of the book. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to write your content and then record it. Darren is going to speak his and then it'll get transcribed. You've got 8,000 words, and you probably would like to get to somewhere in the neighborhood of, I would think, 40,000 words. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm just guessing, 40 to 50,000 words. So that that could take another two months, Mm -hmm. right? Going back and forth with the ghostwriter, considering that, you know, how busy the two of you are, et cetera. It might take three months. Mm -hmm. But I would set a goal for yourself so that you feel like it's a pending deadline. Because if there isn't a pending deadline, it just keeps dragging out and dragging out. If I didn't have a deadline for my book, 
Jen, I would still be writing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Stabbing myself in the head. I know. It's one of those things that you just put off. And, and it's, it's just, and you just keep rewriting yeah. and rewriting. Yes. And rewriting. So it's like art, yes. you know, at a certain point, it just, you've painted that picture so many times it's getting muddy. So I would give yourself a date. And the best way to do that is in your social media. And that's the next thing I wanted to bring to your attention is if this is about legacy and message, we need everybody involved. And that means you've got to start co-creating this with your audience. Mm-hmm. It means you need to create a Facebook group specifically for people who are dealing with life-threatening illnesses mm-hmm. or devastating news as a family, because that's really the message, right? I mean, it's beyond cancer. It's how do we as a family stay together after such devastating news and you know, building a community around that so that they feel like they're a part of it. So that you're taking them on the journey. So if you remember when I wrote my book, I you know, first started a Facebook group, then started a book club. You know, It was a book brigade is what we call them. I talked about it and the challenges and the mm-hmm. bright spots of writing that book so that my audience, my tribe was doing it with me, right? So you know, a lot of people are like, when do I start promoting my book? Not that that's necessarily promotion, but that's definitely community. Absolutely. Right. And if you look at someone like a Rachel Hollis, who's sold more books than anyone I can think of, that was because of her community. You know, her community rallied behind that book. They really felt like they're co creators of that first book with her. You know, so when you, you might be thinking to yourself, oh man, I thought we were done. It's <laughs> actually kind of good news that you're not because now you have this ability to bring your tribe along with you and, you know, even talking about what this is like with the disabilities that Darren's dealing with. Yeah. And, and all you know, just really help people understand like this isn't just writing a book like this is a memoir, this is a legacy. This is our passion project together. This is what we're leaving our kids. This is for everyone who's struggled with you know life-threatening illness. And just bringing people along how emotional the journey is and le- just letting them know like every stage of it and talking about it in your podcast and and that also gives you time to really put together an excellent plan for marketing this. Mm-hmm. And that means getting the two of you on other people's podcasts. That means building your email list like now. Mm-hmm. Telling people like, if you guys, if you want to get on the wait list for this, go here. And you're building that email list. You're building the wait list. You're building the excitement for your pre-launch. And then it gives you the ability to pre-launch your book once it's uh, available for sale on Amazon even before Mm -hmm. it comes out. So you can sell thousands and thousands of copies before your book actually releases. See, what most authors do is they wait until the day their book comes out and they tell everyone to buy it. You really need to focus on the pre-launch strategy because if you can sell however many, let's just say hypothetically, you can sell 5,000 over the course of five months. That's a thousand a month, right? Then on the day that you launch, you've got 5,000 sales in one day. You're going to jump to the best-selling category something, you know, versus trying to get those 5,000 sales over the course of five months. Mm -hmm. When you messaged me last week about setting this call up, I was like, she's so right. Like I've missed that point. Like I was going to say, our book is ready. And then I'm like, I haven't even done any of the legwork to get it out there. So we have another Instagram account, Mr. Worldwide and his bride. Mm, So I've been growing that and working on that and putting a lot of information there to help others that are dealing with struggle or overcoming cancer or difficult mm. times. 
So I know, and I've been in contact with other, just really involved with other people that are going through this. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you said that to me because it's the biggest, most important part of all this is the connection. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, Jen, it's what we all do. Like, I can't even tell you how many entrepreneurs are listening right now who we get caught up in the creation process. You know, like Sarah is launching a jewelry line and she texted me last night. She goes, okay, should I drop them? Should I drop my earrings tomorrow? And I said, absolutely. If you have a thank you page, you have an email flow, you've been talking about it for weeks in social media, you've been teasing it, you've been promoting it, you've got people asking for it. If you don't have people like, every single day bugging you, like, is it available? Is it available? Is it available? Then it's not time. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be successful if we're creating things in secret and then like, surprise, here it is, everybody. Right. You know, and, but that's what we used to do. Like, that's what we think we're supposed to do. But really, things have changed. And if you want to be successful in social media, it's about community and it's about bringing people along. And it's remembering that even in social media, one to 3% Okay, if you're really, really lucky, 6% of your followers are seeing your content, even if they mm-hmm. want to, even if the other you know, 99% of the people want to see your content, they're just not seeing it. So you've got to be talking about it a lot to the yeah. point where it feels like freaking overkill because people don't see your stuff every single day. Such a good point. So it's community. And that community is really important when the book does launch because the reviews are what's going to help get the word out. Reviews and first day purchases, first week purchases. Okay. So now let's talk about pricing. I do think that this book is really one I would highly recommend you release as an Audible book first. Mm -hmm. Pricing is set by Audible. So you don't get to pick your price. They determine the price based on the length of your audio recordings. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Even with Amazon, they change the price of your book based on demand and a bunch of other things that are really hard to predict. So you might have wanted your book priced at $24.95. Well, they change the price based on who's buying, what other books are in that category, et cetera. But when it comes to audibles, it's just based on the length of your recording. So I believe... I think it's $14.95 for a book that's a three-hour three book, which would be, yeah. Okay. One to three hours mm-hmm. is a $7 book. No way. Uh-huh. Three hours and one minute to five hours is anywhere from $10 to $20. Okay. So you want so to, be a little, to be over through it. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And then a book that is five hours and one minute all the way up to 10 hours can be in the range of $15 to $25. And so on. So if it's a, a book that's 20 hours long, it's priced between 20 and $30. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I'll link to that in our show notes. But I think that really helps people to understand. Like, if you've got an Audible book that's under an hour, that's a $7 purchase, and you're going to get 40% of that. Wow, that's you know? crazy to think about <laughs> it like that. Well, it's also crazy to think about that if you're signing with a book agency, if you're mm-hmm. with a publisher, for example, you're going to get a fraction of a percentage of the book. You know, authors don't get yeah. 20%, 30%, 40%. I mean, there are rare circumstances when they do, they're typically getting, you know, a couple of dollars if they're lucky for oh, a book, Christ. if they're lucky. So it's not the book itself. For most people, that is the moneymaker. It is having a back end. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what does it support? So for the two of you, that's not your primary concern. But for someone who's listening, you might want to use your book to promote your business. I think of how excited I was when I read a brand story by Donald Miller. And I love the book, but throughout it, he does such an exceptional job of referring people back to his website for downloads, back to his website for worksheets, back to his website for all these tools, and is constantly referring to the fact that he works with companies and agencies. So immediately I was like, oh, well, this book is great, but I can't imagine what it's like to work with them as an agency. And we hired their agencies to work with us on the 131 brand story. You know, so that's a back end. People are like, he's made a ton of money from this book, but not from the sale of the book, but from what the book led to. The same is mm-hmm. true for us. Our biggest month of sales for the one through one method, our largest number of signups are to this day still coming from people who have purchased the book. So it's wow. turned into a lead magnet. So what does that mean for you? And Darren, it could mean workshops. It could mean coaching. It could mean that you create an academy or a membership site. Mm-hmm. But those are the things you want to think about in advance before you finish your book because they've got to be referenced throughout it. You're right. And that's just for everybody, right? Like, so writing a book isn't a huge moneymaker, but it can be. And it can be the ultimate lead magnet because people are spending a lot of time with you and they trust you. So then again, in terms of like just helpful advice, I would say you got to pick a date by which you're telling everybody publicly, okay, we're going to be turning in our manuscript by this date. Mm-hmm. You know, so people can help keep you accountable and that's going to put some self-imposed pressure on yourself. It gives you time to develop your pre-launch strategy. It gives you time to build a community around it, to document the process in social media. It gives you time to design a cover. Oh, by the way, don't talk, and this is for everyone, when you're talking about the creation of this book, refer to Mm -hmm. it as a book. When we say ebook, it feels lesser than. Right. But it's not, right? Or even if we say audible book, like at a certain point, you can tell people it's, mm-hmm. we're going to release the Audible first or the ebook first. But while you're creating it, you're writing a book. Yeah. You know, tell your friends, your neighbors, like, oh, so what are you guys doing? We're writing a book together. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's such a difference saying that rather than ebook. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. You're going to have publishers reach out to you and you'll start thinking of it in more serious terms because it is an important piece of work. Yeah. It is really cool. And so, you know, then it's about designing your cover. And I think a lot of people try to do this themselves. And, you know, that's great if you can use a program like Canva, etc. But again, there are so many people that they do this as a profession and they are designers. Like to use 99 designs would be my recommendation or someone who actually designs book covers. Yeah, I would definitely hire that part out for sure. Yeah. The art for your Audible book, you know, so when you hire someone to do that, mm-hmm. get a whole bunch of different options, mm-hmm. use your community to help you give the book a title. I have been doing that a little bit and getting some ideas. Yep. And the next best thing to consider when you're creating your title for your book, for your Audible, everybody who's listening, is you need to know SEO. What are people searching for? The average person does not know you. And they do Mm -hmm. not know the contents of your book. So let's say, for example, I'm writing a digital book about how to survive your first year of college. 
well, if I give it a really cute name, like case hall stories, like that's the hall that I lived in at Michigan State. Well, that's not going to help me in search engine optimization when I'm on Amazon. So what are people searching for when they are on Amazon and they're struggling with a life altering Mm -hmm. diagnosis? What words Mm -hmm. are they searching for? And that's important to know because if you can include some of those words in your title or your subtitle, you'll do far better. And then also to know those words need to be included in your book description. In fact, we hired a gentleman by the name of Brian Cohens. I'm going to link to his podcast that he co-hosts with another gentleman. And they really talk about how important the description is. I think the name of his website is and I'll put it in the show notes, and it's a valuable resource for you guys. In fact, I found him, my good friend Pat Flynn recommended me Mm -hmm. to Brian and helped him to write the description for his book. The description of your book really does make a huge difference in your sales on both Audible and Amazon. So those are things to think about. Like once you're done, like you know, we're talking stages now, but just something to stick in the back of your head. And then once you've got that release date, man, that's all you need to be talking about. And then understand timing. There are certain times a year where it's really hard to compete to hit those categories. You know, like if you do this right, you're going to be a bestseller in a particular category. And it's selecting the right category that allows you to do that, where you're not doing a bait and switch, but like it's a specific category that allows you to say, like, well, we were a best selling book on Amazon for even if it's a day, you were a best selling Amazon book. You know, that's an important status and expertise right? Yeah. And that's going to be fun for you guys. So those are things to think about in advance. Your release date, if you pick something like the week of Christmas, that's really hard to compete with the Lego book, the cookbooks, the books that people, the encyclopedias that people buy for everyone for Christmas. If you are writing a book about health and nutrition and body transformation, you would think the best month to release that is in December and January, but that's when everybody releases theirs. Oh my gosh. So true. And I was like, oh my gosh, this would be a great time. January 1st, we can pick that date. I'm like, no, that wouldn't make sense. And that's when all the publishers are picking. Pick a date where like no one's thinking about it. They need a good summer read, you know? Yes. Awesome. Well, Jen, are there any questions that you still have? I don't think so. I think you answered all of them and more. Like Mm, I can't even thank you enough for all this information and this advice. Like I appreciate it so much. Well, you know, there's a huge community that's part of our pod squad who took on the challenge of writing a quote ebook as a passion project. So -hmm. this is in part for some of those individuals who they realize they want to do something bigger, something that's not just a passion project. They want to do something with this. Like you said, they want to maybe have a financial legacy or their message to leave a legacy. And now that they've done something like, you know, they put it in writing, they want to make it bigger. Why not? Right. This is exactly where it started. It was your live video or that Facebook group where I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. And Darren and I will do it Mm -hmm. together. It'll be this really simple ebook. And then it's turned into this thing that just keeps being, it's evolving. And yeah. I'm like, I can just see it opening more doors and reaching more people. So we are just super excited about it. Oh, that's awesome. Jen, one thing that just came into my mind is that so many yeah. of the episodes that you've done on your podcast, you can transcribe those and send those to a ghostwriter and save yourself boatloads of time. How many episodes are you into now? 
We have, we're just in 70. So we're 69 is being launched tomorrow, but we just changed seasons. And I got this from your, another one of your episodes on build your tribe when you were interviewing Paul Culligan and he talked about the different seasons. So I went back to my podcast editor. I'm like, let's go back three. Cause Darren and I have really been focusing on our podcast to be about cancer mm. since that's what we are always doing with the ebook. And so we changed the season and we have a little trailer now that talks about what they can expect in the season, which is mostly about just overcoming struggle and cancer and prevention and all that good stuff. That's huge. So yeah. I mean, think about this. If, if you're at 70 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And each episode is about an hour. They're short. They are okay, shorter. So how, than how long are they? They're 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. I would say the majority are, are under 30 minutes. <laughs> well, just so, so you know, just so you know, that's over 300,000 words. Yeah. And you know what? The majority of them are about cancer. Yeah. Like they really are. And I was looking at my Lipson account to see how many downloads. I don't know. what. Do you know what the average is? Like what is a good podcast oh, show? Like, what's the typical downloads? Do you have there's, any idea? There's millions of podcasts, so there isn't an average. Yeah. I mean, top podcast shows can get a million downloads. Uh, right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And then there are podcasters who are really excited to get 10,000 it really does vary. And it varies based on the number of subscribers that you have. So it's all right. about your subscribers. But I would say it's worth having transcripts for every single one of those episodes. And I mean, your book may already have been written wow. in, great, in great part. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for allowing me to record us today. And yes. I hope that everyone will tune into Jen and Darren's podcast. I mean, listen, a lot of our friends at podcasts, I listen to you guys. Like, I'm, oh, yay, there's a new episode because you guys are so fun. It just gives me perspective on life. And uh, I really enjoy your relationship. It means a lot to be able to listen. I, I love it. And I hope everyone else will tune in and also to follow you on Instagram and become a part of this community. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, doll. See you later. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. I wanted to mention a tool that I think you're going to find incredibly useful, especially if you struggle sometimes to know what your purpose is. What is your thing? Like, what are you called to do? Why are you here? What makes you great? What makes you unique? You know what? I think you're too close to yourself to actually even see it. I think if we asked a lot of your friends and family members, they would know. But I want you to know it. I want you to declare it. I want you to see it. So I've developed this really simple questionnaire. You just download it. It's kind of like a quiz, but you're going to know all the answers to this quiz because it's a quiz about you. And when you complete it right there in your own handwriting, it's going to be perfectly clear to you what your thing is. So do me a favor. No, do you a favor and download this questionnaire. You can get it for free by going to shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And then answer the questions and I want to hear from you. Send me an Instagram message and let me know, like, what is your thing? I'm really excited to hear. And I know you will be too. It can be life-changing and clarity providing to know what your thing is. The same answers are going to come up over and over again when you fill out this questionnaire. It's going to be so obvious to you. And it's going to give you that boost in confidence that maybe you've been missing. All right, again, shaleen.com forward slash my thing. And I am really excited for you to do this.